Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Well, hello again, slurs. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 221. You sense the excitement in my voice? Do you? Do you? Oh, man. Nerds, slurs, whatever you want to fucking call yourselves. I don't care what the fuck you call yourselves. I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. This will be the first three-time, three-time, three-time return champion to the Cheers to Comics podcast, and he ain't no chump. Uh-uh, this is David motherfucking Pepos. David Pepos himself. You may recognize David Pepos from uh, certain Ringo Award-winning books like Spencer and Locke. And Going to the Chapel. Perhaps even Spencer and Locke too. And future books like... Oh, stay tuned, because <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Big announcement, guys. David Pepos is announcing something huge, something huge. Only you, you, listening to the podcast for the first time, will be the first people on the planet, other than the folks within the creative realm, that know what the announcement is. This is a big one. The biggest exclusive Cheers to Comics podcast has ever had. So, uh, we're not going to be talking about David's up bringing in the comic industry. We've done that before. We've we've been through all that. See past podcasts. In the meantime, here's David motherfucking Pepos. All right, David Pepos, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to have you. I learned that you were kind of doing a little something something and i've been you know i follow your social and i've seen that you've been busy and i'm like oh that'd be cool if you know what, what we need right now what the world needs is something new from david pepos and yeah, i get a message from you saying I'm hey i got this thing let's talk about it and here we are man here we are here we are look at us look, look at us, us. just killing it just killing it man uh the last time yeah. we this is actually the third time you've been on this podcast you you sir get the award for the first triple crown like i mean you're the first person to come back three times uh, here. you I, also you got know. the you were the first person that i ever did a live podcast with i mean you mm -hmm. break down all of these barriers for cheers to comics <laughs> look at you you know it's no. a team effort it's a team effort i like your style man i like the way you think 
Um, how you been, man? I mean, the shit's been weird in the last... Uh, corona was just getting started the last time we talked. That's why we, we were doing yeah. like a virtual... We did uh, CyberCon. Yep. Um, so, you know, that was just the beginning of the weirdness. And since then, the weirdness has not died off at all. Not um, the slightest. No. How have you been? I've been good. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's you know, COVID is it, it's we're living in history. Yeah, it's uh, unprecedented times. I uh, I consider myself fortunate. I, I worked from home before this all broke out. Uh, my partner worked from home before this all broke out. So um, you know, our day to day is more or less the same. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, it's you know, it's it's scary up there, and you know, uh, the comics publishing industry has definitely uh, there've been a lot of ups and downs mm -hmm. going on the last few months. Um, you know, and that is kind of one of the many reasons why uh, I decided to do a Kickstarter is that, uh, you know, I, uh, I think this, if COVID didn't make you sort of rethink how you do things, how you do your business, how, what your trajectory is, um, you're either way more successful than I am, mm -hmm. or you're not thinking things through. And, uh, you know, with, uh, with cons not being uh, a given anymore with comic shops not even being a given. Anymore. Yeah, seriously. Um, when, you know, Diamond had their lengthy shutdown. Um, and uh, I felt like uh, doing something on, on that sort of digital, uh, that, that digital frontier made a lot of sense to me. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm friends with uh, people like Charlie Stickney, mm. um, who the creator of White Ash. Yes. Uh, Rylan Grant, who just had a lot of success with his Kickstarter, The Jump. Yep. Um, and, and tons of other people um, who have had a lot of success on that platform. And, um, and so sort of my friends kind of all press ganged me over the last, uh, you know, nine months saying, when are you going to do a Kickstarter? When are you going to do a Kickstarter? And uh, this project, uh, I, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm tired of waiting for permission. Um, I, I, I'm t I think that's the biggest trap we fall into as comics creators is waiting for permission to create. And uh, for me, I get really stubborn with my stories. I, I fall in love with them, and I'm kind of like a like a like a dog with a bone, where if mm -hmm. I love the story, I refuse to let it go. And um, it's not to say that this this project that we're going to be talking about wouldn't be ready for prime time at a publisher. Quite quite the opposite. I I think that um, we could have either chose to wait a few years for it to come out, or we could start the party early. And uh, this, you know, I, I, this this is going to be the kind of project that um, I'm already super proud of it. My creative team is amazing, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to dig into this with you. Oh man, I'm I'm excited to talk about it for sure. Let, let's just dive right into this, man. Like, this, what, what are we talking about, man? What is the project? Tell me all about it. So, uh, I, for for fans of my newsletter, Pep Talks, um, I, I, I tease a lot of projects, um, and so for the longest time, I've been teasing a project called Project Saffron. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> excuse me of course that's not the real title of this project and uh, i'm really excited to, to to announce um our the book is called the oz oh uh, shit are you announcing this right now like i uh, mean uh, is, is this is this news to most or i mean i guess i guess whatever this thing goes live um okay uh uh, uh i I think by the time this goes live, we'll probably we'll probably 
the word It'll will just be start to be okay, gotcha. Out. But you're you're actually the first person that I've spoken with face to face. So privileged, it, so. man. This is uh, why I got into this industry. I'm not gonna lie; it's these types yeah. of privileges. <laughs> uh, the OZ is like, what if Mad Max took place in the Wizard of Oz? Oh my god, dude. Um, anyway. uh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, coming from anybody else, I could think, all right, but knowing just how you are and how you write and everything, and your steez and your style, like my, I can't even fathom where the fuck this is gonna go, David. Like this well, is this is amazing. The thing about the OZ that I'm really I'm really excited about is, you know, we all know the story of the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy Gale is swept up in a tornado. She drops in the land of Oz. She makes four extraordinary new friends, and she defeats the evil Wicked Witch of the West. Huh. And, uh, you know, she clicks her heels together three times. She goes back home. And to me, I have always thought that is a recipe for a disaster. Um, <laughs> the fact that this, this it, it felt like a botched regime change to me. It felt like Iraq. It felt uh, like Afghanistan. It felt like Baghdad. Um, and so I felt the, the, the Wizard of Oz leaving, Dorothy leaving, the Wicked Witch dead, that's a recipe for a power vacuum uh, that would probably lead to decades of civil war. And that's where the OZ kicks off. Oh, my God. Uh, we're, we're, we're following uh, Dorothy's granddaughter, um, who is also named Dorothy. Uh, she's a, an Iraq war veteran, and she's really been scarred from her time overseas. Um, she's really grappling with, with a lot. And uh, one night, um, a tornado strikes and drops her into this sort of magical battlefield known as the Occupied Zone. Okay. Or as the locals call it, the OZ. Oh, man. Oh, so, shit. Oh, I'm loving yeah. this so much. It's, 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 a really, it's a really, you know, fun, action-packed story that I think has some weight um, it deals with a lot of themes that I enjoy exploring, sort of that look at, you know, your past scars, the, the look at, at guilt. Um, but Dorothy is by far the most take charge character I've ever written. Um, you know, she's, she, she has training. Um, she's, she's served overseas. And so she's going to have to dig in deep to try to bring peace to, to the land of Oz. And in doing so, she's going to have to navigate her grandmother's former friends. <laughs> um, they've all sort of scattered to the winds, uh, each leading kind of their own factions, um, trying to sort of bring some sort of semblance to this this war torn country. So we're gonna have a Tin Man faction, is what we're was what you're yes. saying? Oh uh, the, my god! The, 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 you know the the, the the Tin Soldier leading the resistance. Oh man, just a bunch of heartless bastards out there, just. You know, I, I, you know, quite the opposite. I'd actually say oh. the, the, tin, the tin soldier is—he's uh, one of my favorite characters in the whole book. Okay, um, because he's—he's he's the guy who, even though he—he's he, been blown up and rebuilt so many times that he's not—he's almost like a like a giant sort of steampunk soldier, as it, as it were. At this point, he's—he is the armor, and. Uh, even though he claims that you know he's sort of had to push his heart deep down because he's he's seen so many loved ones die, um, I consider him to be almost like the the, the moral compass of, no of, of the book. Um, you know, he 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 he's a tough guy with a heart of gold. Um, uh, so he he and Dorothy have a really unique dynamic throughout this whole sh uh, this whole series. Um, you know, the the scarecrow. I can't dig too too deeply into what happens to him. Okay, but he, and Harry, 
complicated character in this book. Um, he, his arc will sort of make readers really kind of like, they won't, it'll, it'll take a while to figure out what people, how people feel about him. Really? Um, you know, for him, you know, he asked for intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I think he's found over the years, that's a monkey's paw. <laughs> uh, that is the sort of thing where it's 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 possible to know too much and not enough and to know you don't know enough um the uh, the cowardly lion there's a really i, I really am in, uh, enjoying what we've got going uh with him um that's sort of a story about legacy in a lot of ways okay um, it's, it's very easy to be brave when it's just you but mm. this is somebody who's now he's the king of the jungle and suddenly courage takes on a very different dynamic oh shit um, and uh you know we've got loads of other characters that we've kind of we've kind of mined from that classic l frank Baum mythology um because there, there, there really are so many i mean i mean I, I can ask you questions about all of them but i mean i want to yeah. read this book i mean we could ask about toto and flying monkeys and all of these other things but no i'm gonna i'm gonna I just, just based addressed. off the look on your face, I, I don't feel like you addressed. missed anything. Yeah, I, I will. I will say in particular, we've got a twist with the Wizard of Oz himself that uh, I don't. I won't. I don't want to spoil. It will be revealed in our first issue uh, that we're we're kickstarting okay. now, a double sized first issue. Um, but uh, yeah, that is that is a a, a particularly fun character, um, and I think that there's like. The thing about this series in particular is I think the Wizard of Oz is particularly iconic. It's universal. And people ask me a lot, why do you dig into nostalgia as a, as a theme? I've, I've done it with Spencer and Locke, um, sort of my breakout book. Mm -hmm. And my thought is, um, is that these themes, nostalgia is a sort of collective history in a way. Uh, it's the way that we used to look at the world before it became so complicated. And so having mining into these figures from our childhoods, from our past, they're universal, but I think it also lets us kind of dig in deeper into heavier subject matter um, because the icons will survive. And I think that shows that we will too. Hmm. Um, and there's sort of that universal universality to it um, where you're able to say, okay, we have an idea of who Dorothy Gale is and recasting her as sort of this soldier with a past and sort of exploring, you know, guilt and trauma. And can you make moral decisions in war, um, especially when every decision you make winds up with someone dead? That's, that's, that's a lot of, 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 of meat to chew on as a, as a writer. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of drama to be mined there. And I, I can say having finished writing the whole series, um, we we put Dorothy and company through their paces, and I, I'm really excited with how it's turning out. I'm I'm excited just by your the, the look on your face as you. I mean, this is uh, it's a podcast, so no one else can see this. But the, as I the look on your face as you describe this, I could tell you're just holding back so much enthusiasm, man. Like there's, I I, there's I, little, there's, I see it. Ah, oh, man, I love it. Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot I don't want to spoil. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could tell. I could tell. And there's, there's a lot I, I want to ask about, but I don't want to be spoiled. So um, <laughs> I guess let's well, kind of get into the... You know, we can... We can, we can uh, yeah, we can dance between the raindrops. Uh, you know, well, let's... Uh, 
Okay, well, whatever you want to ask, I'm an open book. Well, let, let's let, let's start with the logistics of this whole yeah. thing. I mean, let, let, uh, you're you're doing this Kickstarter, so this uh, um, right now it doesn't look to have an Action Lab logo on it, like no, uh, your books um, tend to do. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, part of it is just I, I kind of wanted to branch out. Good for um, you. You know, I love Action Lab. You know, I'm still working on uh, Spencer and Lock Volume Three. Yes. Uh, um, but you know, like we were, like we were saying, um, I think either at the beginning of this podcast or before we started recording. Um, you know, I've had a lot of friends kind of press gang me into, into Kickstarter saying, you know, you should really try it. You should really try it. And um, so I'm excited to kind of build up the audience that we've had with Spencer and Locke and go into the chapel and build that, you know, and, you know, bring that Kickstarter uh, group into the mix. Um, but, you know, I, I say never say never. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, part of the thing about the OZ is um, I've been working on this for a long time. Uh, I I actually started work on this um, shortly after the first Spencer and Locke came out. Okay, wow. Um, so this has been on my mind for a while. Uh, and part of that is, and I say this with all the love and respect in the world, um, the, the, the art of the book publisher is very hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can, you can pitch, 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 and it'll take time for it to kind of go across the finish line and then sometimes you'll pitch something completely random and they'll immediately pick it up on the spot um the oz was kind of one of in that former category um you know we we've had interest in that book but because of just sort of the day-to-day publishing schedule which was compounded by covid um Mm -hmm. it became increasingly clear that that it would be challenging for that book to come out uh through a traditional publisher any time in the next year, which uh, my thought is uh, my collaborators, Ruben Rojas, uh, Whitney Kogar, DC Hopkins, they are so terrific at what they do. I, it felt like such an injustice to, 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 to keep that book buried. Um, and so, yeah, I, some of it, some of it's impatience. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of it is just excitement to get something out in the world. And uh, my thought is if I'm going to sort of dip my toe in the Kickstarter pool, I want to, show i want to start off with my best work that's and, that's not a bad model to have man i mean yeah. you've you've already gained this cult following is it spencer yeah. and Locke? i mean come on yeah everything you do people start asking about ringos and all of these <laughs> these awards i mean you you just that's that's who you are now man you're you're an award winning writer this is it well, so I, I appreciate it it's it look i my thought is i never want to rest on my laurels you know um but at the same time i think I don't think it's too much to expect for for writers to have their own kind of the, the the things that they like to to to, to play around with. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm no Mark Russell. Like, I mean, Mark, you know, runs circles around me in terms of being able to take you know uh, a very incisive look on these childhood properties. But I see you know work like him, uh, like his work, like uh, you know Tom King, particularly his uh, his Elmer Fudd and Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see them as role models in in, in a lot of ways. And it's not to say that that's the entirety of my career. I mean, going to the chapel clearly wasn't based on any sort of pre-existing um, uh, storytelling. Right. Uh, but you know, if I if I had my druthers, I'd, I'd like to do this three times. Um, you know, just find three things that really speak to me, and uh, see if we can take a different angle on them. Well, this is definitely a different angle than we're used to because we've seen you write both sides of crime. Now, now this yeah. doesn't really like this isn't feel like a this crime is, story yeah this is like fantasy and it's war um 
you know, there's a, there, there might be a little smidge of post-apocalyptic in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I felt like um, I, you know, it's funny. I was developing the OZ concurrently with uh, Spencer and Locke volume two, uh, which we had uh, for those who, who don't know about Spencer and Locke, it, the, the series was what if Calvin and Hobbes grew up in Sin City. And for our sequel, we pit them against uh, uh, this homicidal ex-soldier named Roach Riley, who was based on uh, uh, Mort Walker's Beetle Bailey. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because I was developing those two books concurrently, and it was kind of both sides of the military coin. Um, And uh, I feel like while Roach is kind of the dark side of, of, you know, trauma, uh, particularly, you know, PTSD in the military, um, Dorothy, I think, you know, she doesn't see herself as a positive force, but she really is. Um, I think she, she grapples so much with responsibility and with guilt and with the burden of leadership. And, uh, as somebody who has, has, you know, that, you know, has project led all of my own books, um, who has, has, has been an editor for, for numerous freelancers for, for years, I, I understand what that feels like. Um, And how sometimes you feel a little boxed in. Sometimes you don't know what the greater good is. And uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot to be explored with this in particular. Um, I, I, I've always said that I try not to do my books for shock value's sake. Um, That's a really easy way. Look, you can, you can get somebody to look if you do something kind of raunchy and weird Sure. But will you keep them? Exactly. That's, that's great. That's great to check out issue one. I don't. I don't know if that translates to issue two. Yeah. No. I, I'm right there with you. I th- and I think it's smart that you, you. You know. You recognize that because I mean I, I find it all too often <laughs> that you know a lot of re- you know I, I get reeled in all the time and unfortunately yeah. sometimes you know I go to pick up the second issue. I was like, why is this? Oh. Yeah. Okay. I see what they did you, here. You realize. You realize very quickly the shtick gets old. Yeah. And. Uh, I feel like creators, we have a responsibility. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's almost Hippocratic, you know, it's, you know, do no harm, at least try not to do any harm. Um, and I feel like especially the, the edgier books, uh, the ones that go for edgy just for the sake of edgy, um, you know, that's an approach that might have flown a decade ago or 20 years ago. Uh, but I think in today's marketplace with today's readership, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really privileged to have this platform um, and to be, to have this opportunity, even if it's just self-publishing and the idea of punching down feels unseemly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I always try to tell my stories as responsibly as I can, um, you know, you know, and um and just try to grow with each story that I tell. And so I, I feel like the OZ in a lot of ways, it was a story I needed to grow to write. Um, it's the longest thing I've ever written. Um, okay. Uh, you know, we are, uh, we are going to be doing, um, you know, presumably is, 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 is knock on wood as long as our Kickstarter does, does okay. Um, our plan is to do uh, three Kickstarter releases, uh, each of the books being double sized. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, and then a, a, a final Kickstarter for our collection, um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like there's there's a depth to Dorothy as a character that a few years ago I'm not sure I could have tapped. 
And, um, you know, I guess that's a good sign as a writer is that I feel like I'm improving my craft. Um, and I just, uh, I think fans of my previous work, I, I, I hope they see the growth uh, in it the, the, the way that I do. Well, I mean, uh, you, you say you're, you said yourself this is the longest thing you've written. You, you, you know, you have this formula of essentially uh, four chapter volumes. Um, yes, but, and, yeah. And it looks now you're like, well, the way you I wrote kind this of. Is, I originally wrote it as six. Um, wow. Okay. And uh, thankfully, the way that the book has been structured, it lends itself very well to a kind of a three act structure. So I don't, I don't think people are going to read. Uh, these 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 kickstarters and be like oh that's weird that's jarring um, you know it, it 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 hits all the correct beats the way that it needs to um, but I wanted to make sure that people got the most bang for their buck right on uh, and also just logistically um, I feel like it's good for uh, for Ruben um, so it doesn't you know it doesn't kill him um, you know he is uh, he's just wrapped art. Uh, the art on, on, on this Kickstarter. So he's, he's off to work in the next one. Right on. um, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he's a super talented artist. He's kind of like a baby Sean Murphy. Um, oh, shit. So his, his, you know, I, I always want to give him the time he needs to kind of really, you know, feel good about what he's, what he's done. Um, so, you know, and also just for my sake and for my wallet and my pocket, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just making sure, you know, printing three issues, is uh, a little bit easier on, on me financially uh, than doing six, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and 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 that way I'm also not kind of you know overstaying my welcome. I, I like that. I like that. But you still manage to 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 keep it all confined to one you know mini series essentially, yeah. which yeah. I I enjoy a good mini series, man. It's nice to dive into something knowing that I'm not going to be invested into two you know, and for the next two years waiting month to month for it to come out. Like I, I really do enjoy this format. And you know the 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 great thing is you know the way I tend to write is I I never I never want to count my chickens before they mm-hmm. hatch. But I always think about, I always have something in the back pocket of, okay, if this really took off, what would come next? Um, you know, and uh, I, I have an idea in mind um, for, 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 for the OZ if we, if we ever, if we continued past this, this sort of self-contained story. Oh, nice. Um, but, you know, I, at the same time, like, I find, I get restless, you know? Um, I, like... In a lot of ways, um, Spencer and Lock Three has been the hardest thing I've ever written, because it's not just the act of creation, but it's also the act of sort of checking your notes. Um, mm-hmm. What have you What have you done previously? How does it all add up? It's it's a it's a lot of pressure. Um, and I think the OZ, I really what I really enjoy about that is you have that framework of that familiar iconography, but you're able to kind of take it in whatever direction you want. Um, it's very the concepts are very elastic, hmm. um, and uh, and uh, yeah, you know it, it. What what we've what we've put together, I think, it it honors the original uh, uh, novels. Uh, it pokes just a, a gentle amount of fun at them, but also kind of stands on its own two feet as a, what I think a, a particularly badass kind of epic fantasy. I love it, man. I love it. I, I'm I'm so pumped for this, David. I am. Um, uh, like I said, I've I've been following you, and uh, I know that you've you've been a busy fella uh, during during the the quarantine for sure. You've sure. 
Uh, you, you've how many books have you completed now, or drafts? Did, have you said you've completed oh, in the last? Well, since I, essentially since March. Yeah, I. So I finished. I finished the OZ. Um, I wrote. I wrote um, the 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 last um, two thirds of it during quarantine. Um, I, I or I should say, I scripted it. Um, I have another unannounced book that uh, I wrote. I, I wrote from scratch during quarantine, um, and then another a third book that um, I'm talking with a, a potential artist about it now. Uh, that's an extra sized book. Um, that that book's 150 pages. That's um, insane. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I wrapped I wrapped Grand Theft Astro just before COVID struck. Yeah, see, that's one that um, I, I know that you kind of mentioned a little bit the last time we yeah. talked. I cannot wait for Grand Theft Astro, I, me, man. Me neither. I, I know it's taken a little while just to kind of get the art together, but uh, series is written. Really excited with how it turned out. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, and so now, you know, um, you know, I'm just working on this Kickstarter, uh, working on Spencer and Lock 3. Um, there are a few other irons in the fire um, that I'm, I'm, I'm putting together. Look at you, you're uh, a show off, man. You're a show off. Flex for the podcast, man. Let these writers out there know. There it is, man. What a you know, beast. The, the thing that COVID has really taught me is that um, at the end of the day, your integrity is the most important thing. Yeah, man. Uh, it's very easy to kind of just say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go chase after XYZ publisher. And the thing is, is that, you know, especially the hotter the publisher, the more that the publisher will say, well, we have a particular aesthetic that we want to hit. And sometimes that's you and sometimes it isn't. And I I feel like um, for me, I I write my books because I like them. Um, uh, You know, I want to make sure that no matter what, I find something I like, something something that speaks to me in, in any of these books. Like I can say just vaguely in vague terms. Um, you know, my, my next book that's coming out sometime next year, um, you know, it's a story about kind of losing one's religion. Uh, and, and, uh, granted, you know, it's, it's, it's a story that I wrote. So there's a lot of action involved, but (laughs) you know, I, I, I grew up in a religious Jewish household. And so kind of the way that I've navigated my upbringing and my religion and and my spirituality, um, really kind of came through on the page. Wow, and so I feel like that's ultimately what I want to do, and COVID has really taught me that you know it's great if 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 you manage to sort of if the stars align and you're able to get that publisher in, but you know sometimes there's something to be said for going out on your own and not relying on anybody else, um, and I feel like with a book, with a book is 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 just kind of top to bottom beautiful as the OZ, um, you'll see, once, once you see kind of our, 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 our preview pages, you'll see, oh, I get why he, he didn't want to sit on this any longer. Uh, <laughs> oh, gotcha. Dude, I'm, uh, I'm so fucking pumped, man. I, uh, 
this is it's an incredible time. It, it really is. <laughs> it, it, this is an incredible time because, like I, I, I call, I said we need something. We need Spencer and Lock Three. We 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 need Grand Theft Astro. And then you come out of fucking left field with this. The aw- <laughs> come on, man. Like as soon as you said Wizard of Oz meets Mad Max, like you could have just stopped right there. Like you could just you don't even have to have a cover. You could just write have the words Wizard of Oz meets Mad Max, and you're gonna sell a million copies of this book. I, you I know, mean, I, I you know, knock on wood. I I uh, I feel like. Like, uh, but yeah, this is this is just a this is this is a series. I hesitate to use the word fun. I mean, it is a fun book. There's a lot of action that's really exciting and really cool. Um, but you know, I think we also we try to tackle our subject matter um, sensitively. Um, you know, I, I I have a buddy of mine who is a combat medic. Um, okay. Who, you know, from from college, and so you know, I I've sort of asked him, being like, hey, what do you think about this? Um, like, is this too out of left field? Um, and, you know, granted, I'm not, I'm not doing the full Raka here. Like, I'm not, you know, like, I, 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 I'm not going to get quite as in the weeds with, 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 the, with the terminology as the way that, that, that a master like Greg Rucka would. Because I want to make sure we don't get too bogged down, that we mm-hmm. do get to sort of enjoy Oz as it is. I kind of liken it between, tonally somewhere between Mad Max and Star Wars. Okay. Uh, you know, the thing that I love about Star Wars is that every setting has its own personality and its own mm-hmm. color palette and its own vibe. Um, you know, whether it's Hoth or Endor or Tatooine um, or, you know, the sand planet from Last Jedi um, or, or the Death Star, uh, they all have their own different, you know, flavors. So and- you, you had to really comb through some artists i would imagine to make sure they knew exactly what the hell they were yeah. depicting for you um so well, i mean let's talk about these artists man who do, who do we have on this yeah so ruben rojas is terrific um this is his uh, really going to be his big american debut um he is one of the most gifted artists i've ever worked with um i having come from a reviewer background i can tend to get a little picky um mm-hmm. ruben requires no handling um wow. he just knocks it out um anytime that you know i have any ideas of how to punch it up he is just wonderfully gracious um and and knocks it out better than i could have ever hoped for um yeah he's the real deal uh, i've told him repeatedly that once the oz's done you know whatever you want to work on next like like it's it, you know let's do it um you know, he is, uh, he's a real find. He's a real catch. I, um, I, Where'd you I, reel, him in from? reel him in from? So I've known, I've known Ruben for a while. Um, he and I uh, met online in 2018. Uh, I saw him uh, answering an art call. I saw an editor mm-hmm. looking for, for people for work. And he posted his portfolio. And I was shocked that nobody had scooped him up. Absolutely flabbergasted so i reached out to him and um this was this was uh before this was early 2018 so this was before we announced this before we even sold grand theft astro and um so i pitched him on three projects i pitched him on astro i pitched him on the oz and i pitched him on a third project that that uh is sort of on the back burner for now okay and ruben immediately gravitated toward this this one um i think his you know the moment i said mad max and fantasy he just like lit up, um, and 
yeah, he just, uh, he is next level. Um, the designs that he's done uh, for, for these characters is just A plus, amazing. Um, there's one character in particular who I, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it'll, the character will appear in our first issue hmm. that I got a little choked up seeing how Ruben pulled it off. No kidding. Um, you know, he, he's the type of guy who he does sort of hyper rendered stuff really, really well. Um, you'll, you'll see uh, in, in our cover, uh, the tin soldier looks like he's like a walk in junkyard. Um, like he is kind of, he's cobbled together, you know, uh, sort of that makeshift apocalypse armor. And, um, but I think ultimately, and he'll, he'll probably laugh hearing this, uh, I think he's at his best when he's at his most streamlined and he's at his simplest. Um, wow. He just, he, he can be very universal uh, with his work as a letter. Um, and uh, yeah, I just love working with him. Um, he is, he is a, a, a powerhouse. And I think he's really elevated by our colorist, um, Whitney Kogar, who, uh, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with her work, she was the colorist on a little Eisner Award winning book called Giant Days. Hmm. Um, and uh, they are a dream team. They are just a dream team. Um, the moment that Whitney and I kind of uh, figured out, like, what this was going to look like, you know, we, we did a little fine tuning at the beginning just to sort of get a baseline going. But um, once we talked about, we talked about Star Wars, you know, um, saying that every setting had its, uh, its own palette and temperature. And uh, Whitney has taken that ball and ran with it. Um, she is just astronomically talented. Um, she is, uh, I guess, while we're talking about this, mm-hmm. the date we're talking about this, she's just wrapping up on the colors right now. Oh, man. And... Uh, yeah, I just I couldn't be more excited to work with her, um, you know. And then uh, Dave Hopkins, DC Hopkins, is our letter. Um, you know, he's from, he he works at And World Designs, um, but is a really talented letterer in his own right. And um, he's so good natured, which is great. I need that out of my <laughs> letters. I get a little finicky with my dialogue sometimes, and um, he is just incredible to work with. Um, it's like seeing how well this team operates in lockstep with one another uh it just inspires me to bring my a-game that's um, awesome I, man you know seeing ruben's pages coming in and seeing whitney's colors on them that kind of gave me the endurance and momentum to just like marathon through that book i think that's awesome once covid struck i finished the rest of the series in six weeks that's crazy. <laughs> just, That's crazy. It, it, I don't. I don't write like that. I. I don't write like that. But when a when I'm this excited about a book like that, then I write that fast. I love it, man. Uh, see, once again, you just know how to keep exciting me. At least I'm sure the <laughs> listeners are just as excited, David. This is once again incredible. I, I'm very, very excited to check out this art. I, I, I am. I cannot wait to see what what this team comes together with and when you the way you just you keep mentioning the star wars palettes and how everything i'm telling you i'm i'm picturing this book i'm picturing the character design of the tin soldier and his apocalyptic type of armor and i'm i'm i just the way you talk about it i can already visualize i cannot wait to see how this 
how this all Here. comes together. If you have your screen open. I do. Oh, man. Am I going to get a little sneak peek? You are going to get a little something. Oh, man. I'm so privileged. This is awesome. Let's see here. Oh, oh man. No fucking way. <laughs> see? Oh, dude. Like, that's... <laughs> oh, shit. Is this a cover? That's our that's that's our main cover. Oh uh, my god, that is better than I could have ever imagined. Holy that, shit! The whole book looks that good. Um, uh, Ruben, that that that's our interior artist. Um, oh my god! And those cover those those are those that's the same colorist as well. Uh, Ruben actually did his own colors on that. One. No, oh uh, dude. So he is yeah. It's it's uh, so as as you can see, like very much of this story. Um, you know, we'll start with uh, with uh, uh, Dorothy and um, sort of her. She 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 winds up um, uh, crossing paths with the Tin Soldier pretty early on, and um, the the party will grow from there. Um, oh you know, th man! An influence that I uh, uh, don't talk about a whole lot, but I think really it, it, it impacted this book in particular is um, a lot of old fashioned role playing games. Um, Chrono Trigger, in particular, okay. um, sort of that kind of that mishmash of different character archetypes. Um, that's something that's always really spoken to me about the Wizard of Oz, and um, and so being able to kind of examine the different team specialties. Um, you know, who's the leader? Who's kind of like the walking tank? Who's more of like the the stealth fighter? Who's who's you know commanding air superiority? Who's your tech head? Um, you know, these are all things that I kind of got to explore a little bit with these characters. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, and Oz itself is also kind of a, a dangerous place. Dude, I'm uh, looking at, I mean, I'm not just looking at the, the tin soldier himself. I mean, I'm looking at everything in the background and I mean, uh, apocalyptic is the, the, the best yeah. word to describe that, that, that background. Holy shit. Yeah. It, it, it. I always, when I was talking with Ruben, um, I said very much, this is, you know, think about Baghdad. Um, you know, this is, you know, I can, I can say without spoiling it because it'll be in the, in the preview, but um, our, our very first page for eagle-eyed readers, you'll see there's like a toppled uh, Wicked Witch statue in the background. Oh, um, shit. You know, it's, it's sort of this idea that I think a lot of us never knew, but, you know, I, I, I was coming of age during the invasion of Iraq, is that, you know, you see, you see dictators, and of course, you know, your immediate thought is, you got to take them out, you got to take them down, the people are being oppressed. And the problem is, is it's not as simple as that. Um, you know, even sort of the best intentioned plans can fall short. Um, even you know, even you know, even if you have a plan, a power vacuum is difficult to navigate. Mm -hmm. And in the case of the Wizard of Oz, there was very little plan. Um, they yeah, just kind of she she comes in, kills two witches, pieces out. The, the wizard follows suit. Um, when you're a populace that's used to having these sort of this concentrated power, um, you know, tyranny is is never a good thing. I'm certainly not arguing that, but the definition of tyranny is control. And when you have that sort of, when that iron fist suddenly opens up, um, it can be 
just as devastating. Yeah. Um, and and so watching these characters sort of on the ground level navigate that is um, is interesting to me. Um, and yeah, and just see, you know, so much of what I like about tackling these nostalgic properties in particular is um, it's the 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 the, the the motto becomes forget what you think you know. Hmm. Um, yeah. you, you will have your own set of expectations as to who Dorothy is, um, who the Tin Man is, who the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion are. And I think we've been able to kind of turn a lot of those on, on its head. Yeah, no, I would have never in a million years ever pictured the Tin Man looking like this. Like this, the, yeah. the, the battle axe. I mean... That that oil can as like a, a come on man. Ruben <laughs> Ruben is so talented and smart. Um, you know, for example, uh, the Tin Man's got a, 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 the heart a, a on his fire. Oh my, oh my god! That was Ruben. That was Ruben's idea. Um, but like we talked a lot about, like for example, uh, the Tin Man's got a little bit of graffiti on himself. Yeah. Um, similar to the way that in World War II they would the army would paint bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I, the idea of like army graffiti always kind of uh, you know really stood out to me immediately for this for this series. You, you can see in the cover Dorothy's helmet says Yellow Brick Road Kill. Oh no! Um, oh sh- son uh, of a bitch! It does. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's really like it's it's uh, yeah. There's a lot to to enjoy. With, with with this there's a lot of fun details um and uh but yeah just seeing how these characters have grown and changed and yeah. maybe been broken a little um and watching seeing how they're gonna have to claw their way back um yeah there's there's you know it's not to say that everybody's a good guy and i think if anything everybody's got some moral compromises that they wind up having to make but it's sort of seeing, you know, what's what's the motivation, what's the greater good, um, what kind of sins are they trying to atone for, uh, oh. that makes this 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 book particularly interesting to me. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm. Hmm. There, see, this is not the Dorothy that we're all accustomed to. This Dorothy's seen some shit. <laughs> you could see it in her eyes, man, just right here. Like this Dorothy has seen some shit. This ah. Uh, this is anybody out there that's well, thinking, yeah, well, we've seen Wizard of Oz. Why do this is not the Wizard of Oz? Like this is this is not what. This. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, D- Dorothy, she's the type who you know. As we sort of get further and further into the series, we we get a little bit of a sneak peek of what she's lived through, what she's experienced, oh. and it, you know, it, it really kind of comes down to her central conflict which is um what's the right move here what's what's the what is the greatest good um because i think that's what she saw is she she went overseas she enlisted thinking she could help people and without spoiling too much you know that she found out very quickly it was not that black and white and that you know collateral damage is a thing um, you're not just you, you have a, an enormous sense of responsibility because you, it's power of life and death over yourself, over your enemy, over your friends and over anybody unlucky enough to be in the crossfire. Um, that is a hefty moral calculus. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, for Dorothy, it really it really affected her in, in, a, in a major way. And so 
for her, you know, now that she's back in Kansas, um, she's taking care of her, of her ailing grandmother who keeps telling all these stories about Oz and Toto and the Munchkins. And Dorothy's just kind of like, okay, grandma, like, you know, take your medicine. <laughs> but you know, Dorothy says, it's her, it's her very first line. They say there's no place like home, but for me, home's just another place that doesn't exist anymore. Wow. See, that's, uh, dude, come on. Uh, you 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 you've written some stuff, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that, that that's a line of the right out of a writer's mouth. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, but yeah, you know she she um, Dorothy has a I think a really strong point of view. Um, we we talk about a lot of different things and and you know things that really stood out to me in terms of the ethics of warfare. Um, you know anything ranging from kind of what's considered fair combat to what do we owe civilians to, you know, uh, to, to, you know, why do people think that torture is going to work? Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, for, a for a kind of crazy remix of fantasy that feels surprisingly real. Um, but, uh, I, I think, I think readers are going to really be excited with Dorothy. And I think as they see her crew start to build, um, these are characters that are hard not to love. Um, I, 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 uh, I, I've really enjoyed writing them. And honestly, even if I hadn't written them, the way that Ruben puts them together is just, uh, it's, it's, I'm glad he's working on my book. Cause I'd have to, otherwise I'd have to buy the book. Um, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I'm so excited for this. Um, so, uh, Without spoiling anything, uh, did, did the Lollipop Guild survive the apocalypse? I mean... Oh, the look. Oh, no. <laughs> the, thing, the, thing is, the thing is, is that, like, it's... I, I, in certain ways, I, I, I veer away from apocalypse too hard because... Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's not that there's no survivors or anything. Right. This is just more of... It's just... This is a war zone. This is kind of like... Right. This is like a, like a World War II kind of, you know, or a Vietnam, um, you know, where though it's not that everybody's dead, but there are certainly mass graveyards. Um, and, uh, so yeah, is there, is there, uh, uh, is there a mass graveyard filled with munchkins? Yes, definitely. Oh uh, man. I, I, I don't think we show any of them on, on panel or anything, but like, gotcha. I, like, I, I want to stress, I'm not trying to be like exploitive or like, <laughs> um, but you know, there there are there are deaths for sure but it's not and and there's destruction but if anything dorothy is trying to keep that apocalypse at bay gotcha. she is really trying to make sure that while things are bad there's still life and there's still hope mm-hmm. and she just she's looking for peace but she's also looking to just make sure things don't escalate um, you know, one, like, I, I think a lot about when I was writing this, I thought a lot about the Hurt Locker. I thought a lot about Apocalypse Now, um, Platoon, uh, Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just sort of like, this is their life in the shit. Um, and is there a way to end the cycle of violence? Uh, you know, and, and especially, you know, once, once you've gone from this very sort of solid core of tyranny that everything's been revolving around and now that core's gone hmm. um you know how do you how do you come back from that 
uh, how do you see the things that you've seen and then pretend it's all normal? Right. Yeah, man. Ah, oh. and you're you're gonna portray that in a comic book. This is ah, oh. David Pepos, man. You are such a monster, and I mean that in the <laughs> best way. <laughs> you are a beast in this industry, man. Like, on it, there was. I'm not gonna lie. There was a point in time I was like, all right, David Pepos is gonna be the greatest comic book crime writer of all time. I and appreciate now, you saying that, but. Uh, you, you 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 have many branches to this to this fucking I, amazing. I love, go, I love no. crime. Don't get me wrong. Crime books, not committing crimes. Um, <laughs> I do have. I, don't get me wrong. I do have a handful of crime ideas that I'm I'm excited to 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 work on. Um, I think I've got not including Spencer and Lock, three. I think I've got three other crime books that I'd, I'd like to tackle someday. Um, but yeah, it's just you know I so much of this at least for me i mean there are people who have very solid plans of what they want to do in the industry for me it's more of i kind of want to do it all um you know i my writing schedule is more like what haven't i done yet that i really want to do i really want to do a disaster book for example um desperately want to do a disaster book um i i keep coming up with ideas and I keep scrapping them because I'm not in love with them yet. I will find that idea, um, you know, or, uh, you know, a time loop, you know, like, uh, like, um, Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'd love to do something like that in a comic. And I think I do have a good idea for that one. Um, so it's just, you know, I, uh, that's the great thing about comics, you know, television and film, you get pigeonholed very quickly. Yeah. Um, whereas comics, I think there's still wiggle room to do something else, um, to try a different spin. Uh, maybe it's because the great equalizer in the direct market is superheroes, and superheroes hmm. lend themselves so well to so many different genres. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, uh, you know, next year, next couple of years, you'll be seeing me doing branching out a little from crime. Seeing, you know, you'll see some, you'll see some fantasy, you'll see some science fiction. Hell yeah, uh, man! You know, you. If I'm lucky, you might even see a YA book. Um, All right, right on. So right on. It, it's uh, I feel like I'm like a shark. You know, if I'm not moving forward, I'm dead. And um, so I always want to keep trying to expand and grow and flex new muscles because otherwise, what's the point? It stops. Yeah. You know, I, I this job is it's, it's the most fun job in the world, but it'll only stay that way if I keep learning. And that's that's a lesson that should be written down by any aspiring writer out there as well. I mean, this is this is important stuff. This isn't just your experience. This is the experience of a successful writer. So other and people need to know this stuff. This is important. Um, and this is a learning tool. This podcast for so many and people like you. It's uh, it just oh man, it elevates the. I mean, it's like taking an honors course with you on here. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I feel like, you know, I, I just love, I, I get so enthusiastic talking about these books. And Good. so I just appreciate you letting me talk about it. Well, I mean, obviously, anytime, man, there was no hesitation when I got that message from you. Like, ah, oh, yeah, totally. And fucking, <laughs> just, you, you picked the time. I know we had a little bit of uh, conflicting oh, schedules and stuff, but shit, this is, this is easy, man. I've, I'll, I'll figure it right. out. I will. Um, so would it be, you've, you've written a lot in this, 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 short time period would it be safe to say that 
we wouldn't be talking about this this book being published right now if it wasn't for COVID? I mean, would you be too busy on the con circuit right now to be able to work on this? Or I mean, it's a great question. Um, and to be honest, do I think this book wouldn't have been ready? Probably not. I mean, like like just because like this book has been sort of burning a hole in my pocket. For a okay, while. but for sure I would not be half as productive. Um, I'd probably still be working on the OZ right now if it wasn't for COVID. Wow. Um, let alone, uh, let alone rattling off. It's actually three books in a one shot um, uh, in, in, in this, in this, in this period. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier where um, COVID's really made me rethink a lot of how I, I, I operate. Um, you know, it, it, it because I've always been kind of a con warrior. Um, you know, I do a lot of sales by hand at, at conventions. Um, and that's not the way it works anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, and even with publishers, I mean, I've been, I've been really fortunate that I'm, I'm, I'm working with a publisher that I, I, I can't name them yet, but um, they, they had offered to pick up one of my books. I think it was around Christmas of last year, but we didn't get the paperwork signed until about two weeks before COVID shut everything down. It would have hmm. been very easy for them to say, listen, dude, like, you know, plans have changed. We're not going to do this. Um, no, they, they uh, not only were committed to the book continuing, but they paid me on time. Wow. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little unheard of. I, I, I sent them a, I sent them a thank you note uh, <laughs> this morning, actually, about all of that. Uh, but yeah, it's just you know, with the industry being more chaotic and unpredictable than ever, um, there's something to be said for betting on yourself. Yeah. Um, and you know, as I've talked with more and more people on the Kickstarter circuit, uh, I've I've come to realize that the the number and the dividends that come from all that, uh, you realize very quickly. Oh like this is this is much simpler than you thought um mm. you know it, it's once you know putting to, putting together book is half battle um and so i'm really excited to kind of you know dip my toes into this pool I'm, I'm i'm really hoping that people respond to the oz um the way that they've responded to spencer and lock and going to the chapel oh they will and, and uh you know i i i'd love to i'd love to 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 kind of knock out these next two kickstarters over the next uh over the next i guess probably six months um and uh and then yeah you know just just go to go to town with a collection after that and just wait for baltimore to collect your ringos in the meantime <laughs> yeah i mean uh, how you you're obviously gonna get nominations and i mean this i mean the the the, the what, what are they called the ballots are in and yeah, i mean i I got my votes. That's for sure. This is come on, man. This is, you know, fingers fingers crossed. I mean, you know, my my thing is, um, it was an honor to be nominated once, hmm. and um, you know, I think the Ringos have, themselves have changed a lot since um, since since our year. Yeah. Um, I think if anything, I think Spencer and Locke has Spencer and Locke has shown a lot of indie writers that hey, we have a, a shot. At, at, at being recognized with awards. Um, and, you know, my thought is, you know, I think it's very easy, especially in our business, to cut corners, take shortcuts. 
um, to uh, to kind of manipulate things in ways that they weren't meant to be manipulated. Um, my thought has always been, if I can stand by the work, everything else is secondary. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, if we get nominated, uh, it's a huge honor. If we don't, that probably means that there's somebody else just as, as deserving who did. And, um, you know, I, uh, I think there's a lot of really talented uh, indie creators out there. And so, I'm excited it's a tough for ballot this year. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm excited it's a tough for them all to get their spotlight. Oh yeah! Right on. Look at you, man. You're humble on top of it all. Uh, you'll you'll get yours though. You're you're gonna get yours. <laughs> David, man, uh, when's this Kickstarter coming out, man? When's when's the Oz launch? So yeah, so uh, we'll be we'll be launching uh, August seventeenth. So that'll probably be around when this thing launches or this this podcast. August seventeenth. Okay, cool. Right on. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna be launching in about a week and a half. Awesome. Or I guess a little less than two weeks from when you and I have been talking. Um, and yeah, we'll be doing a 30-day campaign. Um, and, you know, like we, we, we tell everybody, the first uh, 24 hours are huge. They're, the, that's always the most important. If you're looking to, if you're looking to back us, back us quick um, mm-hmm. because that bumps us up in, in Kickstarter's algorithms. Um, yeah, we've got some really cool uh, rewards that we'll have um, for, for everybody. Uh, we've got uh, a, a collection of variant covers that we'll be showing off. Yes. In fact, I'll, I'll give you a little sneak peek. Uh, oh man! Let me just open it. If you like the first, if you like the main cover, you're gonna like lose your mind over this one. <laughs> um, oh, shit. But, I got, uh, I'm gonna be setting some new desktop backgrounds today. That's for yeah, sure. <laughs> this, this one's this one's pretty incredible, and we've got we've got a couple other incredible ones to boot. Um, that shit that'll 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 come through for you shortly oh my god jesus christ dude yeah that's that was really i um yeah you're 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 seeing um our cover from kenneth wagnon um uh i call it our hit and run cover um (laughs) and uh when i saw that um ruben works uh primarily digitally um Kenneth does kind of a combination of traditional with with digital sort of flourishes at the end. And when I saw that, I immediately said, Kenneth, how much to buy the original art? This is incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he is uh, just next level incredible. I've been I've been trying to work with Kenneth for a long time. Um, and so I'm glad we were able to, 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 to get the scheduling down for him to do a cover. Uh, we'll also have uh, uh, some other variant covers. Uh, Rio Burton has done one. She's terrific. She's kind of like Jen Bartel in terms wow. of her. Um, uh, Mon House uh, from Spencer and Lock and Going to the Chapel is working another cover for me right now. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so we've got, we've got uh, those four covers. Uh, you can either get, you can pick your cover, you can get all four um, with our army of four uh, 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 awards tier. Our rewards here. Um, we've got. Uh, we'll have some um, some original art um, to some sort of Kickstarter exclusive, a little a little thing for mm-hmm. for, for readers uh, that'll be exciting. Um, the thing that people have asked me for a long time, and I'm really excited about this this reward. This is sort of one of our, our upper tier rewards. People have been asking me for ages. Um, are you going to do Spencer Long plushies? And the thing is that. You know, our merchandising is tied in with our publisher. And of course, our publisher has more important things to do than the merch. Um, they've got actual books to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I commissioned when the book first uh, came out, I can I commissioned um, 10 hand-stitched Spencer dolls. 
Oh, shit. So we have three left over. Oh, uh, man. So, uh, so you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a higher price tier. Uh, you know, I, 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 it, it's, it, it, it takes a lot for me to kind of lose these babies. But, um, yes, we will have three uh, King of the Jungle uh, uh, reward tiers. Um, and, uh, and then sort of our, our kind of creme de la creme, our last but not least, um, we have the uh, There's No Place Like Home tier. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's a thousand dollars. It's, it's for a big, big spenders only. But, um, once COVID subsides and barring my convention travel, I will do a signing anywhere in the continental U S at a store of your choosing. No shit. I will, I will do it. So, um, that's sort of for our most diehard of diehard fans. Um, it comes with a, 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 a number of our, our print books as well for me to sign. Um, it comes with, uh, uh, I believe it's a, it's a number of trade paperbacks from my other series as well. Um, Spencer and Locke, Spencer and Locke 2 and going to the chapel. Um, and yeah, and we, we kind of have, uh, you know, all sorts of things in the middle as well. Um, you know, I feel like Kickstarter in particular is kind of my way of outreach. So we've got kind of, we've got some starter uh, PDFs of my previous work. Um, just in case you, you've never read Spencer and Locke, you've never mm-hmm. read going to the chapel. Um, it's my way of sort of making people feel like they get something. That's awesome, um, man. Out of, out, out of this. Um, so no matter what tier you subscribe to, you will get those two first issue PDFs no matter what. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jesus Christ, so, man. You know how to keep the people wanting more, that's for sure. You can know how to keep us happy. Well, I'm I'm seething for this, man. You show me these covers. Jesus Christ, these covers. I'm telling you, I'm setting new desktop backgrounds. Like, I'm stealing this shit. I'm putting it on my fucking wallpaper. Like, I'm loving this. I won't show anybody else. I'm, I'm quarantined. No one else will see it. But <laughs> You want to see one last thing that you can't tell anybody about? Oh, yeah. I'm so good at okay. secrets. This, this, was a, this, was, this was a page that came in today oh my <gasps> can't tell anybody nope oh my god ah uh, shit i gotta erase that from my mind immediately Sorry, I, lo- I didn't mean to spoil it for no, you. no 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 you're that's i love the symbol back there that's yeah. really cool that was ribbon that was all ribbon jesus um, man yeah but uh so suffice to say we've got some really cool twists coming for, for this book um you know, there there are a few. I'll give it. I'll give a small hint for the people who who know me super well from my social media platform, but um, there 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 there's a character in this that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, that I was very excited to include. Was going to have a very different trajectory, and I rethought it, and I'm very happy. I'm very happy they lived. <laughs> hmm. um, uh, but yeah, that's just, uh, so yes, there's, there's, there are depths to this book that I'm very excited for people to find out. You have me so pumped right now, David. This is, <laughs> here I am thinking, well, what do I say to a guy that's already been on the podcast three times? I know everything about him. No, it's been what, like 75 <laughs> days since we've talked and the, the knowledge bombs that you have dropped, the excitement level that I've reached in these last, I don't know, 60 minutes or so. Holy shit, dude. I mean, I honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, I probably shouldn't admit this because I need you to keep going. But I would have, I mean, <laughs> uh, going to the chapel was enough to keep me satisfied for a while. Yeah. Like, that was good well, stuff, man. <laughs> no, for this, for this, you know, just bit, bit, bit as heavy as you want to. I, I feel like this is the kind of book that 
my philosophy is if, if you're not excited about it, why do it? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think of ideas all the time. Um, sometimes they're ideas that already exist. I just had an idea, you know, I was talking about what I wanted to do as a disaster book. And I came up with an idea and then realized after about 30 seconds that I had come up with the idea for Armageddon. Um, <laughs> you, know, it, uh, you know, or, or, or hey, I've come up with the idea for Inception. Um, you know, that, that happens more often than I care to admit. Um, but if I come up with something that feels original, um, I usually let it sit for a little while. I let it sit for, for a week or two just to see, hey, do I still like it this much in a couple of weeks? And what's funny is the OZ was an idea that was kind of the opposite. At first, I was just like, eh, it's an idea. We'll see how it goes. But then I couldn't stop thinking about it. And as the, as the, 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 the original story came together, I started really falling in love with it. And then when Ruben got involved in the project, that's when I really just was like, okay, this is, it's the same feeling I had for Spencer and Locke, um, where the art was just so infectious mm. um, with its enthusiasm, but it's hard being a part of this team and not gushing. Um, you know, it's, it's been a challenge just teasing the book online without, uh, you know, as we're speaking, I haven't even mentioned the official title in public yet. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's taken a lot, but I, I want to make sure we do this book right. Um, and Kickstarter, based on the way the world is around us, based on sort of the, the pace that we're able to put out for this book and keep it at the level of quality we want, um, and still have something to show readers before the end of 2022. Mm. <laughs> um, those things combined have made me feel like, okay, this is the best way to, 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 to roll out. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what the, what the campaign brings. Uh, success. I'm predicting it right now. Much success. Uh, awards, yeah. success. Awesome. and. <laughs> Oh man, this has been an absolute pleasure, David. This is uh, I, I I cannot I I I'm probably gonna be the first one uh, to to sign up on Kickstarter. This, the second I wake up that day, that's that's it's on my. It. I'm I'm so fucking pumped. Me I need to scrounge together a grant so I can get you out to Mile High Comics somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what? That would, I that would be a win win win. I love Mile High. <laughs> it's the best. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. Get 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 some collections going. Um, I, yep. I will I will I will gladly do that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm already uh, clearing yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> oh man. I, uh. I appreciate the support. And listen, if people want more information um, about me or the book, um, they can follow me on social. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Pepos D. It's my last name, first initial. Or you can follow David Pepos Comics on Facebook. Um, and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, possibly Instagram for the OZ. It's the OZ comic. It's just one word. Um, and yeah, that way uh, you can get to know all the latest and greatest about what's going to happen in this book. And we're just so excited uh, to, to, to finally show this book off to the world. I, I can't believe how long it's been in development. And uh, I'm excited to see for everyone else to see. 
uh, it's well, we've been working on all the time well i'm i'm excited i know the listeners are excited i'm like i said when this goes up it'll be right around the time the kickstarter's live i i would expect a uh, a surge um, I, I would expect a, a big first day. I would, man. Um, this is, <laughs> I'm already counting my money, man. I'm, just <laughs> you announced all these tiers. I'm so fucking pumped. This is, well, this you. is, this is good stuff, David. Um, Hey, uh, you come up with any other books in the next couple of minutes. <laughs> Let's do this again. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, I will always call you, uh, any, any books I got going on. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm working on at this moment, I think there are five different books in development right mm. now. Um, and those are just the ones I haven't started writing yet. So yes, um, it's going to be a busy couple of years and uh, that's, that's kind of the way I, I, I like it. Um, Good. You know, COVID has made things a little too quiet and uh, looking to shake that up. Good for you, man. Good for you. I'm glad you're looking at this the right way because I see way too many people using this as an excuse to be lazy and keel over and take a break and nah, man, that's not that's not how you make it here. Uh, you, you, you gotta you, you <laughs> just do what you do and that, that, that's how you make it. Uh, just uh, take, a, take a page out of David Pepos's book, listeners. This is, this is done the right way. Brian, I just want to thank you for having me. Um, Anytime. You are, you are a mensch. Um, and uh, yes, uh, you know, any <laughs> anytime, I'll, I'll be calling you, buddy. Right on, man. Right on. Well, David, uh, stay safe. Um, I, I look forward to our next conversation, man. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Cheers, brother. All right. There you go, Slurds. That's it. The big exclusive. You heard it here first, only on the Cheers to Comics podcast, straight out the mouth of David Pepos himself, the OZ, launching on Kickstarter right now. Uh, links will be in the description. You guys, seriously, if you don't know who David Pepos is, put him on your fucking radar. Go back, read Spencer and Locke, read Spencer and Locke 2, read Going to the Chapel, get ready to read Spencer and Locke 3, get ready to read the O Z. Um, I would, uh, <laughs> some of you might actually, even on opening day, this is how confident I am in this book. The day this episode drops, the day the the Kickstarter goes live, you may go to do it just a couple hours after you listen to this podcast and fucking see that it's already been funded. That's how confident I am in this book. It sounds amazing. I got to know things off the mic. That's right, guys. We talked. We talked. I know shit. I already know spoilers. I already know spoilers. And guess what? I'm not going to tell you a goddamn thing. Woo! All right. All right. Um, fucking David Pepos, man. This episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast has been brought to you. It's been brought to me by NSCLiveTV.com to bring to you uh, Hooked on Comics. Hooked on Comics, baby. Tuesdays, Saturdays. Tuesdays at uh, 5 Eastern. Saturdays at 7 Eastern. You find them on NSCLiveTV.com. You find them on the Hooked on Comics Facebook page, and you know that it's getting shared out in the Cheers to Comics Facebook group. On that note, check out the Cheers to Comics Facebook group, like the Cheers to Comics Facebook page, because I'm throwing down auctions as well. And don't worry, it's at separate times. Yeah, I'm not fucking stupid. I'm not going to try to go up against Hooked on Comics. Hell no. But you could find me doing the same goddamn thing, just different. Just different. We got different shows. We, got, we, we do different stuff. But we all bring 
badass deals on fucking comic books. So, uh, find the Cheers to Comics auctions on Mondays and uh, Thursdays. Yep, note the non-overlap there. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I don't compete with my sponsors. I'm not fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, like the page, on, or follow the, uh, join Patreon. Patreon.com slash Cheers to Comics is what I'm trying to say. Join for as little as a dollar. It really shows me how much you love this podcast. Um, it helps. It helps in so many ways. The money goes towards tremendous causes and advancing the technologicallys of this podcast. Yep, just made up a word just for you, slurds. Uh, also, after you're done becoming a patron, you should leave a five-star review. You really should. Uh, it means more to this podcast than Patreon, to be honest. Patreon helps advance this podcast um, on a technical level. Uh, leaving five-star reviews helps advance this podcast on a world scale. Uh, it really does, guys. It helps the show get into the proper algorithms and be discovered as it should be. Because uh, who else is bringing you David Pepo's fucking exclusives? No one. No one. Me. He came to the Cheers to Comics motherfucking podcast. So, uh, look for the links in the descriptions. You slurs read responsibly. Cheers to fuckers. Ah, uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast.